That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Thursday, August 27th. It's the last week of the Gaming Ride Home show. It's the second to last episode, and I apologize if that news has caught you off guard. I would recommend listening to the beginning of the Friday, August 21st episode for more details there. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War gets a proper PlayStation 5 gameplay trailer. A live-action Resident Evil show is coming to Netflix. You can now play as all kinds of Marvel characters like She-Hulk and Wolverine in Fortnite. And I played the Alan Wake Control DLC, and I have some impressions for you. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War gets a gameplay and reveal trailer. A proper non-teaser trailer released yesterday for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, and it took exactly 27 seconds for a helicopter to crash in it. It opens saying the footage was captured on a PlayStation 5 before showing the year, 1968, and a voiceover commiserates about how pointless the war was. Then the trailer fast-forwards to 1981 and shows stock footage of President Reagan talking about the danger of nuclear war. Then it cuts to impressive gameplay and focuses on an explosive remote control car, weirdly. It also revealed that Ronald Reagan will feature in the story somehow. They created a character model and everything. The trailer ended with the promise that multiplayer would be properly revealed on September 9th. From a visual perspective, the game looks great. I don't know that it looks exceptionally better than last year's Call of Duty Modern Warfare, but it is definitely an impressive looking game. It's one of those things, as we move into the next generation, that I don't know if the visual overhaul is really going to be that significant. I think the improvements for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X will mostly be related to load times and frame rates, you know, which is great, but we are really starting to hit a point where the visual disparity between console generations is just getting smaller and smaller. And this trailer is very evident of that. A Resident Evil show is coming to Netflix. Netflix has another video game show to add to its weirdly growing video game TV show roster with the announcement that a Resident Evil show is in the works. The Twitter account NX on Netflix, which shares all of Netflix's official announcements, shared a picture of a script titled Resident Evil Episode 101 Welcome to New Raccoon City. The accompanying tweet reads, When the Wesker kids move to New Raccoon City, the secrets they uncover might just be the end of everything. Resident Evil, a new live-action series based on Capcom's legendary survival horror franchise, is coming to Netflix. Something about the phrasing of the Wesker kids just makes it feel like it's going to be a kid's show. Like, I don't think it is, but it just feels like it's going to be like an animated spinoff or something following the Wesker kids. Bradley Russell did some additional reporting on the show for Games Radar and wrote, As per Netflix, the Resident Evil series will operate on two timelines, 
In the first timeline, 14-year-old sisters Jade and Billy Wesker are moved to New Raccoon City, a manufactured corporate town forced on them right as adolescence is in full swing. But the more time they spend there, the more they come to realize that the town is more than it seems, and their father may be concealing dark secrets. Secrets that could destroy the world. The second timeline has a serious time jump, 16 years into the future, and with a whole lot more zombies on the scene. There are less than 15 million people on Earth, reads the synopsis of the second timeline, and more than 6 billion monsters. People and animals infected with the T-virus, Jade, now 30, struggles to survive in this new world, while the secrets from her past about her sister, her father, and herself continue to haunt her. I guess when you look at this and The Witcher, I guess you just can't have a, a video game show without competing timelines. Maybe that's just their requirement moving forward. That story is linked in the show notes. It's a weird but interesting premise. I am curious if it is going to be canonically consistent with the games. The movies certainly were not, and the canon of Resident Evil is just a little out of whack right now with the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes, which did change some elements of the story. I am guessing this will not be canonical with the games, but with the long-term jump into the future, I suppose it could be. Fortnite's Chapter 2 Season 4 Battle Pass adds all kinds of Marvel stuff. This was teased previously, but as of today, the Marvel invasion into Fortnite is in full effect, and it has some surprising inclusions. You can now unlock and play as Thor, Iron Man, Doctor Doom, She-Hulk, a Groot and Rocket Raccoon combo character, and you can also get Storm, Wolverine, and Mystique from the X-Men. And they're all working together to fight Galactus. It also looks like the Avengers ship will be flying above the world. All the characters appear to have specific abilities, like Wolverine being able to use his claws and Iron Man shooting you know, lasers out of his chest. It seems pretty substantial. It's impressive how much Marvel stuff has been added to the game, especially considering that the latest season kicked off with Aquaman from DC front and center. I got the chance to play Control's AWE DLC early, thanks 505 Games, which is something I have been looking forward to since it was teased shortly after the game's release. Alan Wake is still my favorite Remedy game, though I do really love Control. My ranking would probably be something like Alan Wake, Max Payne, Control, Max Payne 2, Alan Wake's American Nightmare, and then Quantum Break. There were teases that the events of Alan Wake and Control happen in the same universe in the main game, but this DLC absolutely confirms it, without question. Alan Wake is fully referenced, and Jesse Faden acknowledges him as that famous author that publicly disappeared a few years ago. I will keep this spoiler free, but if you do want some spoilers, if you don't plan on playing this but you're curious about it, I'll put some stuff at the end of the episode. I will make sure it is easy to skip or avoid if you're looking forward to playing it, but... You know, it might be fun to learn about it, even if you're just casually interested in Remedy and Control. I like this DLC more than the Foundation DLC. And not just because I happen to like Alan Wake and the world of Alan Wake. Foundation had a few moments of general confusion, and it didn't do a lot to move Control's story forward. It was more Control, which was great, but it wasn't particularly novel or unique. A lot of that same criticism can be directed toward AWE. It's more control, which is nothing to complain about, and it doesn't really move Control's story forward in a radical way. 
but it does play with light in a fun way, which is both thematically consistent with Alan Wake, and it also changes the gameplay a little bit. There is a monster you're fighting over the course of the DLC, one that has direct ties to Alan Wake, that does not respond well to light, so you are often moving light sources around, turning light sources on, or you're using your telekinetic abilities to pick up light sources and hold them over these dark blobs that will be familiar to anyone who played Alan Wake. I don't know why Jesse can't just pick up the light sources and carry them around with her hands, but, you know, it's one of those things that you just can't overthink or you will get frustrated with the whole experience. But it leads to some fun puzzles, which I liked. It makes it more than just moving between rooms and tackling different combat encounters, which is mostly what Foundation felt like. There is a joke I liked in particular where a character who works in the areas you are exploring makes some suggestions about how to generate light sources against the darkness and actually runs down a series of things you did in Alan Wake, including, perhaps most memorably, wrapping yourself in Christmas lights, which Jesse understandably dismisses as just being absurd. The final boss encounter is a bit of a slog. It's something Remedy always seems to struggle with. They're amazing at setting up combat scenarios with groups of enemies and making sure it's just challenging enough to not get overwhelmed. But when it comes to single enemies with large health pools, it just doesn't work as well. I liked the end boss fight mechanically in regards to what you have to do to defeat them, but I died more often than I wanted to. Control only has these two big DLC packs, but between them, I definitely prefer AWE. The myriad Alan Wake references definitely made me happy, and there are more than a few things that are very overtly related to Alan Wake that rides well above the term reference, but I also just enjoyed its layout and the focus on literally lighting up your enemies. I also really liked how it ended, which I will say for the end of the episode in case you want to avoid spoilers. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Here's what released today. Control's AWE DLC is out today, but I already talked about that too much. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition is out today. It's a remaster of the formerly GameCube-exclusive game, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, which was unique for being a co-op Final Fantasy game. 
I am curious to see if the game finds a new audience, thanks to the ease of multiplayer these days. Back when it first released, it was kind of a tough sell to get everyone together to play, but now it will be easier. The Last Campfire is out today on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, PC, and Switch, my favorite. It's the new game from the creators of No Man's Sky. It's an interesting studio, Hello Games. It made a name for itself with the Joe Danger games, which were a little like the Trials games, but a little goofier and more forgiving. But No Man's Sky kind of sent them into the stratosphere, and they have been doing an amazing job updating that game and supporting its community. The Last Campfire looks nothing like No Man's Sky or Joe Danger and seems to be more of an environmental puzzle game. It looks cool. Moon Remix RPG Adventure is out today on Switch. This is a game I was completely unfamiliar with, but it sounds kind of crazy. It was an RPG that released in Japan in 1997 that was kind of sold as an anti-RPG. You can go around and kill innocent monsters to gain experience, but you can also try and discover their love and unite everyone. It's a little vague. It seems almost like a spiritual predecessor to Undertale in a weird way. Its release on Switch today marks its first official release in the U.S. in English. Surgeon Simulator 2 is out today, which is a game about being a surgeon, sort of. It's hyper-violent and goofy. It's one of those games that is silly because it doesn't control particularly well, which makes everything kind of chaotic and weird. It's not my favorite genre, but it is pretty consistently fun to watch other people play it. Tell Me Why Chapter 1 is also out today on PC and Xbox One. It's the new game from Don't Nod Entertainment, the developer behind Life is Strange and Remember Me, but no one ever really talks about Remember Me. They've strangely kind of picked up the mantle dropped by Telltale Games, releasing these emotional episodic stories with lots of choice. Tell Me Why, which is impossible to say out loud without thinking of the Backstreet Boys song, is about twins returning to their hometown in Alaska to deal with events from their childhood. One of the twins, Tyler, is a transgender male, which seems to be important to the plot. I never finished Life is Strange, but I liked what I played. I just generally like what Don't Nod is doing. They're doing something different from the rest of the industry, and they seem to be successful at it. So I'm curious to see what the reception to this one is like. That's it for gaming news today. I spent most of my time playing Control the last day or two, wanting to finish up that DLC as soon as I could. But I also played a little more Creeks last night. I am now determined to finish that game up come this far. This is, of course, sorry to keep reminding you, the final week of Gaming Ride Home. In fact, this is the penultimate episode, but I'm still accepting your corrections and general feedback. I cannot thank you guys enough for all the messages. I've said this the last couple days. I'm going to keep saying it. My plan is tomorrow to grab a handful of those and read a bunch of them. It's going to be very self-serving, but I, I want to do it. I want to share everyone's thoughts. They've been so sweet. You can send those thoughts as DMs or tweets to at Kylem Hilliard or Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyleatridehome.info. And the show is still accepting reviews on the platforms where reviews are accepted. The show will still be online, even if it won't be updating with new episodes after tomorrow. So your feedback can serve as a nice message board for when the show was live, which I think would be cool. You can find me on Twitch. My name is Kyle Impersonator on there. I started playing Batman Arkham City this morning, so I'll probably keep going with that 
at least through tomorrow. Maybe I'll start a, a game proper that I intend to finish streaming soon. You can also find me on the MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussions. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow for the final episode of Gaming Ride Home. Okay, I assume everyone that wanted to leave is gone at this point. Welcome to the spoiler section of the Control AWE DLC. Here are some spoilery things worth mentioning. Alan Wake is fully in the DLC. You never walk into him physically in the oldest house, but there are scenes with him talking with Thomas Zane, who appears to have taken on the form of his doppelganger from American Nightmare. Alan Wake definitely spent time in the oldest house. There are recordings where Federal Bureau of Control employees get in trouble trying to visit Alan Wake while he is there to get them to sign copies of their books. Also, the end boss fight, the creature infected by darkness that you are fighting through the course of the DLC, is Dr. Emil Hartman, the psychiatrist at Cauldron Lake Lodge that you didn't particularly get along with during the course of Alan Wake. The big spoiler, though, the thing that you really probably don't want to know if you plan on playing the DLC is at the very end, when you defeat Hartman, it is basically confirmed that Remedy is working on Alan Wake 2. It's not so explicit. There's still a lot of wiggle room there. But there is a discussion where a Federal Bureau of Control employee tells Jesse that there is something happening in Bright Falls, which is where Alan Wake took place. Whatever it is, they say it's years away, but something is definitely happening there. I don't know how else you interpret that other than Alan Wake 2 being in development. And add to the fact that Remedy struck up an amazing deal with Epic, and basically they can do whatever they want, and Sam Lake has been vocal for years about wanting to revisit Alan Wake. It definitely seems to be happening, and it will release at some point, which is exciting. Okay. I will talk to you tomorrow for one final episode of Gaming Ride Home. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.